Welcome to the First Rate Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. And today we are blessed to have a refreshing pair of guests known collectively as the Chicks on the Right. Their names are Amy Jo Clark, otherwise known as Daisy, and Miriam Weaver, known as Mock. They have a freewheeling style that is not the norm in conservative politics, and we are excited to hear their thoughts on a range of issues. Chicks, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, thank you. Great to be here. It's great to have you on. So, uh, so for the audience, if you can just explain who you are and how you got started, and then I'll have some individual questions for each of you, but let's start with intros. Okay, you want me to go first, Mary? Um, I'm Amy Jo Clark, otherwise known as Daisy on the site. Um, I, my background, my, I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. I had it, I, you had mentioned that you were in corporate America for a long time. I actually have a background in medical and technical communications and I was an adjunct professor for a while and spent a long time in corporate America. And then that's how Miriam and I met. And then the idea came about for Chicks on the Right when we um, worked together in corporate America. And she is really good at telling that story in a, in a Reader's Digest way. So I will let her kind of encapsulate that for us. Okay, and I'm Miriam Weaver, otherwise known as Mock, on our website and all of our platforms. And uh, I came from a corporate America, like Amy Jo said, specifically uh, recruiting and HR and benefits administration and all of that. And so at some point, I hired uh, Amy Jo to work at the same company, and we became instant best friends. Um, and that was shortly after discovering that, and, and this had nothing to do with the way that we met, but we had discovered that she and my husband grew up about seven houses away from each other in Atlanta, Georgia. And so just a hugely small world story. And after about four months or so of, five months or so of working together uh, in corporate America in the same company every single day during the summer of 2008 and forward, that was right when Obama got elected, and we found ourselves, even though we were not political beforehand, we found ourselves talking about nothing but politics, and she had this idea at the end of 2008 that maybe we should start a website, and we did in February of 2009. Yeah. So and here we are. <laughs> Daisy's best hire ever is what I just heard from you. <laughs> my my best hire Mock, ever. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Mock's best, I guess, I guess her best hire. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. So, so tell me about uh, the so what is what is chicks on the right? What is it? Oh my gosh! I, I guess it's uh, gosh, how can we encapsulate that in like a really That's, quick? I've never been asked. Like an <laughs> I know we've never really done the, ele the elevator speech for chicks on the right, but it's 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 giving conservatism a makeover. We saw um, a need 14 years ago. Um, to sort of not, I don't want to say reinvent, but sort of rebrand conservatism because there are a lot of old white stodgy dudes in conservatism in uh, the Republican Party, and we are not that. And so we knew that there are other women, other people, other people that didn't look like just white dudes that were like us, that were Republicans. You mean like me? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> that were just, that were Republicans that didn't look like what um, the media portrayed Republicans as looking like. And so we were like, that's us. And so, and we were talking about it in a way that wasn't buttoned up and, um, you know, very pundit-like. We were talking about it in a way that was like two chicks talking over chips and salsa at lunch. And and we wanted to, we wanted to talk about it in that way, in a funny way. 
um, fun, you know, more mini skirt, less three-piece suit sort of way. And so that's how we start. That's how we approached it, and that that's where Chicks in the Right was born. You're you're making me want to take my tie off, but I won't. You're um, welcome to. <laughs> Loosen up. I love it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go each individual here now. So so Mary Jo, uh, first question for you. Baby you jo. are known as Daisy. Why, um, why Daisy? Um, well, we had to pick monikers because we knew we would probably get death threats, which we we did. And um, so I I just picked a daisy because that was my favorite flower at the time. And so I, it was just, and I have a tattoo of a daisy. And so I thought I'll just pick daisy because that sounds good. And so and it's since then it's stuck. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> but I do have a second question for you, for you, Daisy. All right. Sure. So on your website, you put in here uh, that you used to believe that Chuck E. Cheese was the direct portal of hell, but it is now <laughs> certain that it's most definitely Twitter. Yeah. So you, know you, you have to first yeah. you have to explain why is Chuck E. Cheese the portal to hell? For, have you ever been it? there? Have you been to Chuck E. Cheese? Like seriously, as a mom of three, like I've been to Chuck E. Cheese several times for birthday parties and whatnot. And if you've never been to Chuck E. Cheese, you just spend a Saturday afternoon there, and you'll understand what I mean by it being the portal to hell. And then Twitter used to be the portal to hell. Like if you spent any time there, at least to me it was because it's the vitriol and the hatred and all the awfulness that is on on Twitter. Although now I'm kind of enjoying it a little bit since Elon took that, over. It's kind of fun. That is such an interesting comparison, right? I, I, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Gen Z's in a bit, but they the Gen Z have this video game called Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's literally the animatronic version of Chuck E. Cheese, and they go out and they drag you to hell. So, like, I think other people think this is true because there's a very popular video game on this. Uh, and I know that because I have some Gen Z uh, children at home. And so uh, I think the analogy is great, but I guess there is a light at the end of the tunnel for Twitter is what you're, <laughs> it was, what you're saying right now. Yes. Yes, awesome. definitely. All right. Mock, over to you. Uh, I have to first know, and I'm probably going to regret asking the question, but why do we call you Mock? Well, it's not that exciting of a story, actually. I had a, um, a personal blog back in the mid-2000s, late 2000s, um, that was dedicated to just mocking aspects of pop culture, celebrity culture, political culture. And I had, when I started it with some friends, I had asked my husband for help coming up with a, a, a pseudonym or a moniker. And I said, I want it to be, I want it to be related to, to mocking pop culture. And he said, well, how about Macarena? And I thought, that is perfect, because it kind of mixes the ridiculous song, the Macarena, with actual <laughs> mocking. And so I, I took it, and then, like Daisy said, her name did, it just stuck. That is great. I love that story. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I I also looked at your bio, and uh, I, I can relate to this, because I have a lacrosse player as well, but one of your sons plays lacrosse. He's funny, he's impossibly handsome teen, who mercifully has avoided being indoctrinated so far in the public school system and is a solidly, solidly conservative head on his shoulders. I mean, that's truly amazing. And I guess you would attribute all of that to lacrosse. 
Well, I think team sports certainly is a great thing for kids to participate in. I don't think it was the lacrosse that made him conservative as much as it is him just, uh, you know, by osmosis being in the same household as me, hearing our sh my show with Daisy every single morning, whether he wants to or not. Um, and then <laughs> often uh, my husband and our, our conversations lean towards politics quite a bit because we talk about that over dinner besides, you know, lacrosse and what our kids doing in school. So so I think it was just really easy to make sure, particularly in light of the fact that now there is so much of a spotlight on schools and how they do indoctrinate. It was hyper on our minds to make sure that he was not subject to that. So we basically just made sure to tell him, you're going to hear buzzwords like this, like critical race theory, like, you know, whatever all the buzzwords are. You need to know that there's another side. And so when you hear those buzzwords, A, we want to know about it, and B, we're going to tell you what the other side of the coin is. So it's been good so far. Yeah, I, I love that. It, it sounds a lot like my family. They, my, my kids also play lacrosse, and they hear a lot of conversations from my wife and I on these topics. So I, I, can, I can definitely relate. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, let's get let's get into the interview. And I, you guys did a fantastic podcast uh, just uh, recently that talked about the midterms and the effect that Gen Z had on the midterms. So I'd love to hear just maybe a little bit of a snippet of that. Like what what happened in the midterms and how did the Gen Z, uh, the dead generation have such an impact on the on the outcomes? Um, well, uh, the the left has had a stronghold on the culture for years. We've seen it for 14 years. And I, we, you know, so many people leading up to the midterms were saying, oh, we got this in the bag. It's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a tsunami. And um, mostly mock. I, it's weird because usually she's the one that's Miss Positive Pants. But, um, <laughs> leading, but leading up to the midterm, she was like, I don't feel good about this. I just don't. I'm not sure about this. I don't have a good feeling. And, you know, she was right. And we were both a little bit more negative than a lot of the other pundits out there. And we just weren't, because we've seen it in the past. You know, we've seen people on our side get so gung-ho about an election. And then, you know, it just didn't turn out the way that we thought it was going to turn out. And this was no exception. It's be, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have got such a stronghold on our young people. It's the young people. You know, this is what Obama did it. And it's when we first started 14 years ago. It's precisely why we started our site is because it's like this this um, trance that they have young people under. And it's because they have pop culture. They have social media. They do all the things that they that they they know where the young people live and they do it so well. And we frankly have really stunk at it for a very long time. And it's like we're not doing it better even after 14 years and it's, it's really discouraging for a lot of us because we're like do you not learn you know like watch look at history and don't repeat it you know when we're not doing well make sure that you do that better and we're not doing it maybe just a tiny bit but not not nearly as good as we should be doing it and we've got to do better we have to it's imperative that we do better in those realms and I would just add too that um, one of the problems that I, I see this a lot in our own audience, right? So anytime that Amy Joe and I focus any attention whatsoever on celebrity news or gossip or pop culture or things right. that conservatives tend to snub their noses at, the problem is, is that they remove themselves from the culture by 
poo-pooing it, essentially. They'll decide, I'm too good for that. I don't want to know anything about these people. These people are horrible. So instead of knowing, they ignore it. And that is why, that's what I think contributed to this idea by so many people that there would be a red wave. Because they're not right. seeing day to day the stuff that I'm seeing on liberal TikTok, on social media platforms that are overwhelmingly, you know, based on young people and what they're doing. We're paying mm -hmm. attention to that. And so I, I don't think you can have a head in the sand attitude about it. I think that gets us into a lot of trouble. Right. And I think that's why yeah. the daily the daily wires of the world are doing such a great thing by by jumping headfirst into pop culture and creating content because they're like we have to become part of it andrew breitbart wanted to do that back in the day he was a big proponent of that it's like we have to take it over you can't just shun it you can't just say that it doesn't exist because you know you hate kim kardashian which we hate we hate her too you know <laughs> but you have but the thing is, is that you have to jump headfirst into that that area you know you can't just say oh it doesn't exist we hate it so we're just gonna not gonna not gonna pay attention to it those entities have a grasp on your kids. Yeah. Your kids know who the Kardashians are. So you have to know about it too. And you have to talk about it. We do. Yeah, Mark, I actually thought you were going to say just play more lacrosse, it would be fine. But um, <laughs> obviously, that's not the case. So um, that, that was actually your, your explanations was perfect, right? What you're saying is you can't ignore it, right? This is the culture. These generate this generation cares about the culture a lot more than they probably care about politics so when you start to see and i my mind keeps going back to the midterms and, and we saw a lot of the democrats running for office doing these really embarrassing TikTok videos <laughs> that was going viral and i'm like that is so embarrassing but i realized like it wasn't that you know the 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 generation you know, generation z probably looked at and said this is fantastic right that's what exactly. kim kardashian does or whatever <laughs> take your pick and they, they were able to connect. So then how do conservatives connect with Gen Z how, or, or these young people? How, how do they connect with them then? They have to beat well, them at their own game. Right, right. They do have to beat them. At, and also, you know, one of the things that I've noticed too is, um, you know, I'm involved a little bit more in Texas politics here. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when I look around, when I go to meetings and stuff like that, there are no young people. It's all older, mm -hmm. older people. I'll sit in the back of the room and it, it breaks my heart because there are no young people where I know I'm pretty positive that if I went to, you know, one of the Democrat political meetings mm -hmm. here in town, there would be mm -hmm. more young people. And so one of the things we have to do as parents, as grandparents, as aunts, uncles, whatever, we have to start getting more young people involved in local politics. We have to. It's, I mean, it's just a must because we, old people die. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like we have got we have got to get these kids more involved and in understanding of okay, come to these meetings with me, start understanding how the process works, just small town politics and then state politics. They it just we're a dying breed and that concerns me. And so it's it's our responsibility as older people to get these kids, because it's not like they learn civics at school, you know, and they're not learning it from Kim Kardashian. They learn it from parents. They learn it from aunts, uncles, grandparents, whatever, from sisters, brothers. That, so we have to do that. We have to teach them and we got to drag them to some of the stuff and help them have fun and make sure that as people who are involved in local politics or whatever, to make some of the stuff more fun for kids, for, you it know, reminds teenagers, me for college kids. 
It yeah. reminds me a little bit about, I mean, do you guys remember, we're, I mean, we're at least close enough in age, I think, all three of us, that we can remember when we learned about how a bill gets passed through, right. like the school of, like the school rock, school what was rock. it? School of rock. School, school of rock, rock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh -huh. I think about how innovative that was at the time. But mm -hmm. now when we have all these different social media platforms there, it can you can make civics and you can make conservatism fun. It just takes creative yeah. people to to reach out in ways that resonate with today's youth where they mm -hmm. are, which is on the social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and how how have you guys done it? Because I mean, look, I, I'm I'm having a blast here interviewing you guys, uh, and you're definitely fun, right? So this isn't a, a very uh, slow type of interview. Have you guys? How is your audience? Do you have young people tuning in to you guys? How do, how does that work? We do. And I'd say we have some young, we do, we get the young people. In fact, we get parents who will have their kids. We, we will be inappropriate sometimes. So sometimes we'll be like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. We said that in front of your kid, you know, cause I've got a 12 year old and then older kids. And then, um, mock has, you know, a, a, a kid in high school. So, I mean, we're, we can be somewhat inappropriate, but but they still will bring like their teenage kids to come see oh. us whatever we do meet and greets or they'll have they'll invite them to watch our show because our our show is fun we try to make sure that because one of the big things that we always have said that we want to do is make our content engaging and fun and so mm -hmm. um because politics can be a big downer sometimes especially a lot of the stuff that goes yeah. on in the world it can be not so fun and so we try to make it, we try to make the content as engaging and fun as possible so people have a good time and they feel like they have a sense of camaraderie with the people who are there listening to the content. And so I think teenagers um, and college age students and 20 somethings, um, they like that. They, they're like, okay, well, this is cool. They're like my cool mm -hmm. aunts, my cool older aunts is how <laughs> they see us, right? And so <laughs> we get that a lot. And so they feel engaged with the community, and I and I think that um, you know we're starting to get more and more young people. Don't you think, Mary? Don't you think? I think so. I mean, I, I you know it's it's certainly not a secret. I don't think that most of our audience tends to be in that forty Older. plus age group, right? Because that's where we are. That's where we live. And I think right. a lot of our mm -hmm. audience sees us as friends. And so, you know, they relate to us because we are, you know, we're going through the same things. We've got kids around the same age and that kind of thing. Right. But I think, I think what we do differently than a lot of other political shows is that we keep it very, very conversational and not at all about a lecture. And we try to make things, um, even when we're talking about really tough issues that negatively impact us all, we try to always end on a positive note. We try to bring humor and levity to every single show mm -hmm. because we don't mm -hmm. want people to feel just completely mired in yuck, you know? And it's exactly. very easy yeah. to do that in the world right now. Very easy. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And it's no, it's think, just I very think... it's just very conversational, and I think kids mm -hmm. can relate to that. Kids feel like they're sitting down. It's like we've always said we want it to feel like you're sitting down and having a conversation at lunch, and you know, kids, teenagers, twenty somethings, they can relate to that. They just feel like they're it's more you're talking with them and not to them. If that That's makes right. sense. They want to be treated as an adult. They don't want you lecturing right. to them. And so have, right. have the conversation. So it's, it's a great lead in then to the next question, right? Because 
there are a lot of serious issues out there, right? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm famous in my family for running around talking about, you know, the world's on fire. We got to stop this immediately, right? That sense of urgency. And sometimes it's overwhelming, right? So, so when we have things that are happening, let's call it the post-truth movement, right? Where we have transgenderism, we have critical, critical race theory, even all this climate hysteria. And you can probably name a bunch more. These are all serious topics that are having impacts on Americans' lives today. How do we frame that up so that we can work with the youth so that they truly understand the impact of that stuff and what it's having on, on their future? Oh, it's heavy, you know? <laughs> See, I, I did I it. I went, I went to the heavy <laughs> area. Exactly. It's heavy. I mean, I, a lot of it is just good parenting, right? It's just day-to-day, yeah. um, you know, uh, consistent parenting because that's a lot of what I like I have time in my car with my 12 year old every single day because we do a lot of driving here in Texas because Texas is a big state we are in the car a lot (laughs) and so I just spend a lot of my time in the car we just talk about a lot of issues like what's going on with her what's going on with her friends what's going on with the world what's that and it's just a lot of discussion time and it's just timed because you know you can't put a lot of heavy stuff on a 12 year old but but that it's just uh, just open dialogue constant open dialogue i think that's what's so important and a lot of kids nowadays are just so heads down in their phones and a lot of parents are too frankly and so i think it's just good old-fashioned communication just keep that dialogue open and talking to them about what is going on in the world what does that mean to us as a family what does that mean to you as um a person who is growing up in this world and what what is it going to mean to you in five to ten years you know and just not anything that's scary, but just making sure that they understand the ramifications of things that happen in the world around them. And I think a a really good way to do that is to um, mock mock the absurd, right? And so, so much of the narrative that is so carefully manipulated by the left is is it's all about shaping the narrative and i think the more that that we can mock fun of make fun of it and show the absurdity on in a way that kids are like oh my god that's really dumb that greta thunberg is out there screeching about capitalism using her her iphone you know what i mean like whatever it is we have to be able to show kids that are paying attention to other kids what the other side is and we can do that in a way that really shows the absurdity of the left because so much of what they're complaining about and trying to shape is so ridiculous. All of it is so ridiculous. Yeah. And that absurdity is not pointed out in the media. We have to point it out. Yeah. You know, parents have to point it out and older people, they're, they're counting on us to point it out because, you know, Lord knows Nickelodeon's not going to do it, you know? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, no, I, I, so, you know, to summarize, you know, dialogue, right? Treating them as adults, dialoguing with them, but, but also introducing some humor into that, right? So calling out that hypocrisy in a way that kind of gets that reaction, that emotion out of them so that they can see what's actually going on and what's happening in the world around them. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. last question. So how, how do you help your audience find truth? Right, because it's it's very difficult uh, in the mainstream media. Uh, it's there's such a bias, and 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 we catch them lying all the time, and they just push it to the side and they move on to the next narrative. How do you help your audience find sources of truth? Uh, yeah. How do we help them find truth? I mean, I we're just I, I don't know. I think we 
Yeah, go for it, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know my rule of thumb is that if I see a story or a headline, right, like on Twitter, this actually happened today where I saw someone that I follow, a fellow conservative, post a photo of a headline that was written by Titania McGrath. And their reaction was to be like completely, you know, to mock the headline, to just show the stupidity of the left. I don't even remember what the headline was now, but Titania McGrath is a very popular satirist. So she, and and it's really a character created by a man, she wrote something so absurd that it, um, to make fun of the left, but it also is so similar to what the left already says that people just think, oh yeah, that's just another crazy take by the left. So what I always tell people is, check your sources, right? Like if you think, if you, if you see something that's truly outrageous, double check to other sources, at least two other sources that you trust, whether it's you want to see if Fox is carrying it and CNN is carrying it. And so, and I always recommend that people look at all sides. Like if you're hearing something from Mm -hmm. Fox News, go look for that story on MSNBC. And I bet you the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And don't, and don't check it. Whatever you do, do not check it on Snopes because that's (laughs) like, that's like two people with like their cats. You know, <laughs> don't do that. Well, do and that. I, I think that's that's important that you mentioned that, right? Because it's we always talk about the left having a narrative and agenda and so on and so forth. But the right can get sucked into that, too. So you want to make sure that people are holding each side accountable, regardless of what side you you lean towards. You got to hold them accountable mm-hmm. and, and make sure you double check the facts and, and make up your own mind. That's a critical thinking skill that seems to be lacking in our culture oh today. My God. Mm. Yeah. And then teach and teach your kids how to think critically. Mm. Like, don't just take things at face value and question everything. Question your teachers, question your parents, question everything. Right. You know, it's okay. Wait, wait a it's minute. Okay question to... your parents. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to I do agree. that. But I mean, but make sure you do the right research. You know, it's okay. For sure. To question. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, this is this has been great. Uh, I really love what the two of you are doing. I mean, what a, what an inspiration too, right? So, working in corporate America, then leaving and starting your own podcast, and now you have the Chicks Empire uh, coming up here. So, how, how do we send more people to uh, to to see hear your great words of wisdom? Our website, first of all, chicksontheright.com. Right, Mary. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, we're on all the socials at Chicks on Right on Twitter, Parlor, Getter, Truth Social, Rumble, YouTube. Um, I mean, anywhere that you can, anywhere there's a social media platform, chances are we're on it, with the exception of Telegram and Gab, I think, are the ones that we're not on. But everywhere else, you can find us at Chicks on Right. Yes. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining today. It was a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. It was Thank great for having us. Here. Yeah, so we'll have to have you on again. You guys are hilarious. I love it. <laughs> for sure. We loved it. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Good. All right. Have a good day. Merry Bye. Christmas. You too. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week. Let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. 
Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.